Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns and Foster, Temper Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60 month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Now it's time for Inside the Clubhouse, a show dedicated to the Chicago baseball fan, featuring the best Chicago baseball conversation, as well as the big MLB topics, along with the biggest names, greatest guests, and listener interaction, starring score baseball insider Bruce Levine and half of Chicago's number one sports morning show, David Haw, on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, and always live on the free Odyssey app, presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Good Saturday morning, Chicago. Welcome back inside the clubhouse on 670 The Score and your free Odyssey app, broadcasting live from the Hyundai Score Studios. I am David Haw, along with Bruce Levine, talking baseball as we do every Saturday morning, ready to react to the first full week of spring training out in Arizona for the Cubs and the White Sox, and maybe even overreact to each other along the way. That's always fun. Good morning, Bruce. How are you? Morning, David. Yeah, it's uh, just so great to uh, hear, you know, tune in 670 yesterday, listen to uh, the score and the Cubs being on the radio, going back and watching TV, both uh, stations having the the Cubs White Sox game. Nothing says uh, nothing says baseball like the opening of spring training and getting it on the radio, getting it on television. It, it was fantastic yesterday. Nothing says spring training like a 40-year-old journeyman relief pitcher giving up six runs in the first inning, right, Bruce, like Jesse Chavez did for the White Sox. <laughs> but it was fun, you eight to, to one. You're just you're just trying to say be be prepared for this happening all year. That's what yes, you're saying, isn't it? That was a way. That was a great in, indoctrination into baseball 2024 on the South Side. Six runs in the first inning. Christopher Morrell goes deep. Cubs win eight to one. It means nothing according to Craig Council, but it is a lot of fun. You're exactly right. Baseball back on the score. Baseball back on our TV screens. Baseball back in our conversations, Bruce. And I think that's what we'll focus on today. We can go back and forth and update people on the latest in the South Loop project. I think we covered a lot of ground on that this week. But I think the focus today will be the teams on the field, the developments at spring training, what's going on with Christopher Morell at third base, what's going on with Dylan Cease in the Sox rotation, what's going on in general. And I think that's a good place to start, Bruce, because you were out there and you were at both camps, and the overall tone just seems like there's White Sox – trying to you know piece together some respectability and be feisty and defensive-minded. And then the Cubs, there's kind of like, okay, when does the real season start? When does Cody Bellinger get here? Two different tones, two different sides of town. Yeah, and there's, you know, I think you, you framed it pretty well, David, by the fact that uh, both camps feel incomplete, okay? There's that incomplete feeling. And the White Sox are going to feel that way for a long time because of the fact that there there are going to be players that you don't know that are going to be representing your team that are going to be out there playing for the first time in front of you if you're a White Sox fan, if you're a Chicago baseball fan. There's going to be players trying to win jobs, keep jobs, show that they're major league players. And that is going to be 
interesting from that perspective. For the Cubs, after listening to Tom Ricketts talk on Monday and uh, the fact that the Bellinger thing isn't dead, but it isn't, uh, it isn't close to being signed at that point, um, there was some frustration, I think, I sense from uh, Cub Nation on that. The fact that, um, well, why can't these two sides come together, give us the player that we thought was the best player in our team last year, come back player of the year in the National League, get this over with. We're tired of the business of baseball. It's baseball season. You've had over three months to get this done. Why don't you get it finished one way or the other? It's a fair question. A lot of conversation about Cody Bellinger, a lot of conversation about Scott Boris and how he was called out by Tom Ricketts this week in Mesa. Bruce, we're going to set up the show uh, for everyone wondering what is coming next. Pete Crow Armstrong at the bottom of the hour, 930. Looking forward to talking to the young Cub center fielder to see if his hair is still blue. And also at 10 o'clock, Steve Stone will join us and talk about his bold prediction. I think it was pretty bold, Bruce. Steve Stone going out yesterday, first day on the job at spring training, saying the White Sox are going to be 10 games better than they were in that miserable season of 2023. Yes, they lost 101 games, so maybe it's not that far out on a limb, but Steve Stone might be the only guy uh, that we're going to talk to today, besides maybe you, that can name every White Sox relief pitcher. This is an anonymous bullpen a very unproven staff, and yet Steve Stone went out Friday to say they would win 10 more games than they did in 2023. Pretty bold. Well, it, it's bold, but you know what? If you win 71 games, you still stink, don't you, David? I mean, <laughs> uh, I mean, so 71, you know, and, uh, and 91 would be, you know, not a great year, but uh, would White Sox, I guess the question White Sox fans on our show would be, would you take a 10-game improvement if it means you're starting to see players that you can relate to for the future for the Chicago White Sox? Because there's nobody that I know of that is saying the White Sox, other than Pedro Grafal, saying that the White Sox can win the division this year. And he's not being bold about it or coming out and predicting it. He's just saying, you know, we, we're not putting numbers down on paper as to right. – what we think we're going to win. The, re the reality is, is that if Dylan Cease is traded, does Steve Stone's number automatically go down or because they're going to get back two or three outstanding players and maybe some are, are big league ready, does it make it, um, does it enhance their chances to have a better record? We won't know that until that move is made, if it ever is. You know, I'm going to be eating crow the beginning of the year if uh, Cease is the opening day starter because I, I predicted that there was no way <clears throat> the White Sox would let this commodity go uh, through spring training and into the regular season knowing that this is a big piece to trade for the future. Not Dylan Cease is not a part of the Chicago White Sox future the way that I look at it. Maybe people have a, a different approach uh, opinion of what it's all about but for me the best spot for Dylan Cease is somewhere else bringing back three quality players for the Chicago White Sox well put Bruce and if you are eating crow before the season at least it won't be a shock to your system you're pretty well fed when it comes well, I'm to a vegeta uh, I'm a vegetarian so crow is not going to go down easily <laughs> okay well it never does then because uh yeah there have been other instances perhaps perhaps I, I think I want to Talk about uh, the Cubs for a moment because you, you talk about the expectations for the White Sox, and they're pretty low. And if they win 10 more games than last year, that means they're at 71 victories, which would be respectable, at least a step in the right direction. The Cubs, meanwhile, I just feel like there are two different projections. Obviously, there's one with Cody Bellinger. There's one without. I think without Cody Bellinger, this is a team that's going to struggle to win 80 games. It's a team that's not going to be necessarily at the top of the division, and I think they're going to have some of the flaws offensively exposed over time. With Cody Bellinger, hey, dream big. Think anything is possible. You win the division, you get in the tournament, and the Diamondbacks proved that the variance of the postseason is something that you can exploit. I think they're two different possibilities for the Cubs, which was surprising to me, Bruce. I want to get your opinion after we listen to this. 
Tom Ricketts addressed the team for the 15th straight year, as he does every season, and he talked about, with or without Cody Bellinger, he believes this team, this Cubs team, 2024, capable of big things. I think Jed had a really good offseason. I mean, I think we've added some parts that are going to be really, really um, beneficial to the whole, and I, I don't see any reason why we wouldn't be favored for our division this year. I do. Don't you, Bruce? Favored to win the division. Who would you say is favored in the National League Central? I would think that it's the Brewers until it's not the Brewers. I would think the Cardinals had a very productive offseason. I don't know if they added pitchers that are too old or, or guys that are too washed, but I do think they were active. You look around, the Reds aren't. The Reds are probably not going in the other direction. They're coming. They're coming in hot. I, I know, Bruce, why he would say that. He's got to say that. But I don't look at the Cubs offseason without Bellinger and say, wow, I'm excited about that. I don't think he had to say the Cubs are favored, okay, to win. He should say we should be competitive. I mean, if it was me, I would have said, I think we're going to be competitive in the division. And working toward being in the playoffs. I mean, maybe that's the way I would have framed it, but I like Tom's, you know, brash, hey, we we had a good offseason. We're a team on the come. We won 83 games last year. Uh, other than Bellinger and Stroman, uh, we uh, have the same players. And the one thing that he's really counting on is that the farm system is producing real players that can play now and that you're going to continue to see some of those players during the 2024 season, guys like Horton and guys like uh, Ben Brown added to the pitching staff coming through uh, quality arms. So I think the brashness that you heard there was one of confidence in the farm system and that there's real players that are going to contribute this year. I like the brashness. I like the fact that he is thinking that way. I, I don't necessarily want to. De- I don't want to discourage that kind of confidence or candor from an owner that is, is more accessible than the other guy in town. But I, I also think it, it puts a little bit of pressure on, which is a good thing. Pressure is good in professional sports. And now the bar is set. You know, they're good enough to win the division with or without Cody Bellinger. That puts the onus on the manager, Craig Council, who comes over here to do more with more, and now he's going to have to do more with less once again because if they don't get Cody Bellinger, that lineup is going to look familiar because it's going to be like, well, okay, where's the power coming from? How are we going to do – how am I going to manufacture runs? Well, how am I going to be the smartest guy uh, in the dugout tonight? And I think that puts the onus on Craig Council more than maybe it does if they don't have Bellinger in the middle of that lineup. You know, Council, that's the other wild card, David, that you bring up, and that is – they really believe Council is a difference maker. Okay. He doesn't go out there and hit, pitch, field, run the bases. But what he does is he, he will, in their opinion, bring out the very best of each player and match them up the right way to win baseball games. That's what a good manager is supposed to do. I thought David Ross was on that track, maybe not quite there where Craig Council is at. But nonetheless, he'll be managing somewhere again at the end of this year or the beginning of uh, 2025. David, I, I just think that there's a there's a confidence about who's running the team. It's a, the confidence about Absolutely. the system. Yep. And and I I think it's good that he's calling BS to everybody saying, look, if if our farm system isn't ready, if our players aren't ready then we're not doing a good job, and I'll be surprised, okay? And, and I, honestly, people are, I think, nervous about Pete Crow Armstrong, who is going to be our guest at the bottom of the hour, being ready to hit major league pitching. They're nervous about the fact that you got a guy that Cub Nation had never heard before and Michael Bush playing first base every day. Uh, two rookies that are, are going to be counted on to uh, be both impactful offensively and defensively uh, this season. I like the pressure that it puts on Council to come through. I like everything about Craig Council and the quiet. I don't even know if it's quiet confidence. It's a little bit of a swagger. I like the fact that Craig Council is being counted on to make everything about this team better in 2024. And we got a glimpse of that confidence or just what we're going to come to expect 
from Craig Council when he was mic'd up during game one against the White Sox Friday at uh, Sloan Park in Mesa. And this is what he had to say about the crowd. 13,300 uh, people in attendance. Another huge crowd for day one in in the Cactus League. And this is how Craig Council reacted to that. From the performance center through the fans and stuff today. So that was totally different and a lot of fun. Um, and huge crowd on day one. So you know you're in a different place, no question about it. <laughs> was that a shot at the Brewers, Bruce? Well, uh, I don't know if it was a shot at the Brewers. There's a difference between Maryville, uh, where the Brewers train, and where Cubs train at Sloan. Obviously, there's a difference in Milwaukee and Chicago as far as how many people are available to be baseball fans. I don't, I don't think he's taking a shot at Milwaukee. He's just stating the obvious that Chicago is a huge market. It built a ballpark in the spring training that's the biggest in in uh, all of all 30 spring training ballparks. It holds 15,000 people. There's a brashness about that, David. You know, yes. yeah, we're, you know, we're, we're filling this up 30 times this spring. Okay. We're, we're going to have the biggest crowds in, in baseball and uh, we have the biggest fan base as far as we're concerned. So with that in mind, you know, okay. It's not the Dodgers, but it, it certainly is. Uh, a, a huge fan base. You'd be silly to say, you know, Milwaukee and Chicago are the same, uh, you know, amount of people. I, I, I do admire Milwaukee fans. I think they are, they are great baseball fans. They came out three million strong, mostly over the last three years. I mean, that is, that's a really good baseball town. But again, there's a there's a huge difference between Chicago and Milwaukee. And it just spices up the rivalry a little bit more. And in that division, there are going to be some good ones. And our resident gambling expert, Robbie Triano, points out FanDuel has the Cardinals at plus 140 and the Cubs at plus 240 in the division. So it's going to be a great race. Let's get out to the phone lines, Bruce. Let's talk to our audience. The score listener line is powered by BetQL. Bet smarter, beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. 312-644-6767. Let's start the conversation with our buddy Mike in Glencoe. Good morning, Mike. How are you? Good morning, fellas. And I'd like to pick up on a conversation you actually both had with Molly on the show earlier this week where, Bruce, maybe you were tossing something out just as a, uh, a outside pitch or maybe you know something. But I see Mr. Reinsdorf essentially is uh, playing Rachel Phelps. He's killing off the fan base by telling him, that uh, if we he doesn't get the stadium, we're never going to be competitive. And then you threw out a name that just struck a bell with me, and that's you, know, you were talking about the need for Reinstorf to have uh, a, a president, and you used the, the name John McDonough. Now, for, from my perspective, McDonough has probably served his time, his penance, but that's exactly the kind of, of an individual that it would seem to me the White Sox need to turn this around to, to get Reinstorf out of the front and into the back room where he belongs. The Sox have nobody between an 88-year-old CEO chairman and a 40-year-old inexperienced general manager to run the organization, and they're suffering from it. I don't want to put you on the spot on McDonough, but is there any possibility that Reinsdorf could look at this and say, I need experienced help in the front office running this franchise before I kill off the fan base totally? What's your thinking? Mike, thanks for the phone call. Bruce, that's a fair question about the structure of the White Sox. Kenny Williams essentially was never replaced as team president. You know, it's called a buffer, a professional buffer. And I, I, would, I would tell Jerry, and he certainly hasn't asked me any time recently if he needs it, but I would say somebody like that would be essential and would be really important to the process of uh, a representing the the business voice of the Chicago White Sox. I think the one thing working against Jerry is, you know, he doesn't, he hasn't talked about the White Sox for many years. Okay. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, He doesn't talk to the media. I mean, there's media people that talk to him off the record. I'm one of them, you know, that, you know, at the ballpark, we sit around and talk some baseball and, and stuff like that, but he never goes down the record. All of a sudden, he, you know, he appeared, okay? And, and the first thing he's doing is he's talking about asking for a new ballpark and uh, asking for the state and the city and the county to be involved. 
I think that 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 unnerves people, and and I would in, I would encourage Jerry to get a John McDonough. John is one of the most competent people uh, as far as handling sports, representing sports, marketing things. Anybody I've ever met, well, he's a good I, friend. Obviously, yeah. the mistakes that he made with uh, with uh, the Hawks are obvious, and uh, and he paid the penance for it. Um, your thoughts, David? I think that with John McDonough, uh, you know, up until the scandal with the Blackhawks that forced the purge of the organization, I, I could say that there was probably nobody in Chicago sports that had been any uh, better to me personally over the years than, than him. And, and I do have a ton of respect for him, even though uh, those mistakes are well documented and his role in it is, you know, is something he paid for dearly with uh, the fact that he's not – not the president of the Blackhawks any longer. I do think that still will, that stain lasts, it lingers, and I don't think it's a realistic possibility that he would step in necessarily. Now, as for the job itself, Jerry Reinsdorf has an optics issue, a problem. I don't want to turn this into two hours of, of going back and forth on that. That's not productive. But the question being, could Jerry Reinsdorf use somebody in the organization to provide Bruce? That's a, exactly the way to put it. A buffer to be the front man. Absolutely. That's a huge void in the hierarchy. You need somebody who understands optics and understands the way the perception affects reality. Jerry Reinsdorf showing up in a leather jacket in the, in the legislature in Springfield surely shows that he clearly doesn't any longer. And I think I, that I like is. That. I will take that leather jacket. That's, that's well, you, nice. you, you, you can wear it, you, you, you can wear it to wherever you want to. You shouldn't wear it in front of people you're asking right. a yeah, billion I mean, dollars you know, for. Maybe, maybe you're right on all counts. All I can say is Scott Ryford is the uh, is vice president there, and he is the vice president of communications. He expresses himself well. He's a very smart guy. If Jerry would turn to Scott and turn over some of the duties to him it probably wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. At this point, you know, the horse is out of the barn, right? I mean, this is, it's already, it's already moving forward with Jerry as the front man. He's the, uh, the chairman of the team. Uh, he's the guy that um, is the voice of the team right now. I don't know if we can back this up and go a different direction at this point. I, I'm not sure about that. Well, it's it's a fair uh, question, though, Bruce, about what they're going to do moving forward. They they have maybe gotten ahead of themselves with this South Loop project because if this is the way they're going to present all of the information and the plans, it's yeah. clumsy. It's it's been clumsy. Look, uh, what Molly said to you and I when I was on the air with you, I think Wednesday, about the fact that he 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 considered what I had talked about the day before with you guys about. If it was someone else asking for this, would there mm -hmm. be a different view of this by himself and other Sox fans and other people? And he had to say, you know, after mulling it over one night, uh, yes, uh, maybe, maybe they would. Because, David, again, as soon as, if Jerry doesn't get this park and as soon as this team is sold, the first thing that's going to be brought up is we need a new ballpark. And whoever the owner is at that time is going to do the same thing that Jerry's doing. It's right. just, it's just a pushback on Jerry right now. Last thing before we break on this is that Bruce, I, I thought about that as well, and it was a valid point. I, I contend that regardless of who's making the ask in this climate, it's a very difficult proposition to ask for public money in the state of Illinois and the city of Chicago, a billion dollars in subsidies when there are other priorities that outweigh. Uh, a, a nice shiny new ballpark in the South Loop. That said, anybody but Jerry Reinsdorf would connect and resonate more with, with the legislature, with Sox fans, with baseball people, because right now I consider him to be, in the Sox fan base, toxic. People look at him and they have a visceral reaction. He's polarizing, too polarizing to get the job done, in my view. So we can continue to talk about this moving forward if we want. We'll get your phone calls. But when we come back, switching to Cubs, and PCA, the guy with the blue hair, 
He's running around center field in Arizona. He will join us next on Inside the Clubhouse. Bruce Levine, David Haw, till 11 o'clock right here in Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect co worker of yours why why if you why? have t-mobile 5g home internet you might be hearing this why a lot why every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours why why because your network gives priority to cell phone users why, why? good question why not switch to cox internet with two times faster download speeds than t-mobile 5g home internet during peak hours okay stop the whys and visit cox.com 5g home for details t-mobile prioritizes certain t-mobile phone users over home internet uses during times of congestion Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Hit in the air, deep center field, going back, Armstrong at the track, near the wall, leaps, and he makes the catch. What a play by Pete Crow Armstrong, a leaping grab against the wall. We're back with more Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine and David Haw on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. And always live on the free Odyssey app, presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Welcome back. Hope you're having a good Saturday morning. It's baseball season, so it's got to be good here in Chicago. David Hall, Bruce Levine, inside the clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 the score, talking baseball till 11 o'clock. And it's time now to go back to Arizona. And now joining us on the Circus Sports Illinois hotline is Cubs center fielder Pete Crow Armstrong. Download the Circus Sports app today. Good morning, Pete. Thank you for joining us. How are you? Uh, good morning. I'm good. Thank you. So, Pete, I think the question everybody wants to know back in Chicago is what color is your hair this morning? <laughs> uh, still blue, if, uh, if you've already seen it. Um, yeah, it'll probably be blue for a little while longer, but who knows when I get tired of that. If I, if I can dye it blue, I can I could probably make it unblue pretty quickly. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we'll switch over to a baseball question now, Pete, and, and thanks again for joining uh, David and myself. Uh, what are you? What are your uh, changes that you've been trying to make over the uh, the winter? And, and again, when I say changes, it, it's 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 a little shaky to ask that question, considering the terrific year that you had in the minor leagues last year and the the five tools that you continue to display uh, all the time, but uh, because of the fact that the major league level was challenging to you, was there anything in your swing that you were doing different now than you were at the end of, uh, of the uh, season in 2023? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I'm sure there is. I'm sure it's a lot cleaner right now. And, and I, I think to your question about changes, I think the real – Real changes were made uh, two off seasons ago uh, when when I first got out here, um, and or I guess almost three off seasons ago now. Um, but I think the swing changes were taken care of when I first started working with the Cubs, and and we really tackled that, uh, you know, before I even got a chance to go out and play, and it and it ended up working out in our favor really well, and. I think uh, as we've gone from there, it's just kind of become a, about cleaning it up and and improving it uh, from from what it already is, you know. And and I, I think if, if if you were to watch me, you know, at the end of last year compared to what I hope this year's going to look like and what I feel like this year's going to look like for me is, I, it's just a different mindset in, in how I'm approaching my at bats. I think uh, the 
you know, Bruce noting the the level of, of, you know, pitching in the big leagues, that's important just because what we knew I didn't do very well was it was already it was already known. And then if anything what happened in, in the in the show was that I just got exposed and you know what, like <laughs> I wasn't honestly all that surprised. I, I I can think back to how I felt during during my time up there and um I would like to go into to this year with a bit different of a mindset. But this off season was just about reminding myself that I'm an athlete and um, you know, how to main, uh, maintenance the high pitch and manage the high pitch rather than try and, you know, become a good high ball hitter. Pete, what role does confidence play in your development? You've always been a highly publicized, highly regarded prospect who shot through the Cubs system, and then you called up last year. Every Cub fan is happy about that. Struggled at the plate, made some great plays in the field, and here you are in spring training still with a lot of attention, focused on your development, focused on your personality because you have a lot of fun and you're a guy that mixes well with others. But I just wonder, where is your confidence level after last September and how much does that affect how quickly you can you know, continue to improve? I think my confidence has only grown since, since last year. Uh, you know, this, this offseason was, was, was a good time for me to – to like you know sit with myself and, and really be honest with myself as to what I needed to work on and um, I think in any confident person there's there's honesty uh, within themselves and you know that's how I feel like I stay human and stay humble and you know I think I am a confident guy and I think everybody can see that and I hope they do but at the same time I don't I, I, I feel like the confidence only you know amplifies when you can back it up on the field and so like you know, I've done my job in the minor leagues, right? And my next goal and task at hand is now to continue that at a at the highest level. And, and you know, with that comes comes more wins, hopefully, and more more production for the greater good. But the confidence never left. You know, I I I don't mean any disrespect to anybody, but people, you know, people spazzing out about a little zero for four or like what? I don't even know what it was. It was zero for fourteen, zero for nine, like whatever it was such a small sample size but it just gets magnified a little bit because the level i'm at you know and i i can live with that and i was talking about the confidence within yourself you know that 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 Mm -hmm. takes away any external any external factors that that may affect you so the confidence is there never wavers it it can't so i believe in myself and and even more so the the people around me have made it clear that they believe in me and to me that that means that means more than than anything i could do for myself so knowing that I'm in the right place with the right guys, you know, Dansby, Nico, Ian, whoever, DK, Males, Counts, like the confidence in me from others is there, and they have made that a point, and I think that that is all I could ever ask for. Pete, uh, the, the elephant's in the room, and it's Bellinger, and you've handled beautifully the conversations and talk about how <clears> – <throat> You would be the first guy to welcome him in the door as a valued teammate and somebody that was uh, important to you when you came up to the big leagues for your short stint last year. But nonetheless, the the conversation outside of there is, is Pete ready to be the center fielder of the Cubs because this Bellinger thing is dragged on for three months and, uh, and Cub fans are, are a little nervous about it. How do you react to that? I know it doesn't go into your daily planning, or you can't allow that in your in your thought process. But uh, how do you, how do you re- react to the Bellinger situation yourself? Um, <laughs> to be honest, I don't I don't really even know how to answer that question. Um, I I I would have I to say it. that. Well, I'd have to say that any everybody outside of this clubhouse is probably paying more attention to that whole situation than anybody inside the clubhouse. And you know, we we just played our first game of spring, right? And there's, <laughs> I don't want to say there's bigger things to bigger fish to fry, but you know, we love Cody, and we know that if he comes back, it's a it's a blessing and a benefit. But we still have to carry on and and go about our day. You know, we got we got games that we're playing, and that's what we're all focused on. You know, I, I think. You know, well, we also you, you forget. I mean, you know, Talkman is is here, and he's gonna he he is the center fielder. If anything, you know, he's the one that has the the time up there with this club, and 
guys love him here. He's just got a he's got a great presence, and you know he's in center field, and I'm in center field, and Say is in right, and Ian's in left. Like we know what we got, and we're really confident in what we got here. And and you know, again, Cody would only add to that, I think. So there's no worries or or stress going on about that for for any of us. I, I, I if if I can go ahead and, and speak for everybody else, but personally. It'd be the same answer. It's it's that I, I love getting to work with with Talk and Happer and Saya every day. You know that's that's what I'm here for right now. That's a tremendous answer, Pete. We're talking to Pete Crow Armstrong on Inside the Clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio six seven. The score. I wanted to ask you about Craig Council and Bunting. He delighted a lot of people when he said early on that he doesn't like Bunting. I think that sometimes people look at that and the game has changed. But but in your case, he from what I understand has also encouraged you to work on it a little bit. So I think that he can, he's not inflexible. He sees opportunities and certainly it could be a tool and a weapon for you. Maybe how do you view that part of your game because of your speed, because of the way you handle the bat and what it can do for you as a, as an offensive, uh, you know, uh, force for the Cubs. Well, I mean, shoot, in my conversations with counts, it, it sounded like, you know, what we need to see for me is is an ability to weaponize the 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 bunt game and and make it an offensive thing. You know, it doesn't just have to be to get somebody over to the next next base. Those get guys hit, and that's my mindset on it too. I've been bunting since I was littler, and and you know, I, I don't think I've <laughs> I've valued it enough because I I haven't worked on it like I should. So this off season has been it's been good to focus on that. I've already been out there with Willie Bunton and I've already, you know, tried showing in game. I didn't get it down, but it's about the reps and it's about putting it foul before you put it fair. And, you know, I, I think if you can, you know, like even, even little things like, you know, you're in a slump and the end of the week, it's Sunday and you need to hit, you know, you lay one down. I can use my legs if I need to, you know, that's, that's that from an offensive standpoint, but also like the value of, of, late game situations, being able to lay one down against a tougher matchup, just stuff like that. That's been brought to my attention by counts and by Willie and, and whoever I've really, and, you know, flash, like whoever I've talked to about this, um, we've, we've, we've really come up with different ways to look at the bunt game and how it can be utilized uh, this year. You know, it's, it's, it's all smart things going on. Pete Crow Armstrong joining us from Mesa, Arizona, um, getting ready for his first big league full season. And, uh, Pete, when you go back to Monday and uh, Craig Council giving his uh, state of the Cubs and then owner uh, Tom Ricketts giving his uh, opinions about what everything's about, what did, what did you take out of the, uh, the welcome to spring training, here's what we expect part of both uh, Craig and uh, Tom Ricketts? Uh, you know, I, I, I think it's it's some of the same. Uh, I think the expectations for a Chicago Cub, you know, don't don't really uh, don't really change. And I think that's a testament to to the players that have come through here. You know, building a, a good reputation and making it easy on uh, making it easy on the front office to to know what they need to ask from us. You know. You, there's good people in this clubhouse more than more than they are baseball players, and being able to you know combine that on the field is that that's big and it's exciting. So the message was you know let's just have another one of these good Chicago years, and I think uh, I think there's there's a little more to that now. You know it's going to become about winning rather than just you know rather than you know just making it through another year. I think we got big goals in our in our sights and. Uh, a big confidence in what we can do with that. So, you know, Counts was <laughs> Counts is is a he's a different presence than we had last year. You know, he's just a different guy, and he comes at you a little differently than than the next. And um, you know, he's he's got a cool little like calming, pretty laid back, witty personality. So he's just coming in and and really just opening up the room. And I feel like. Uh, He's definitely loosened me up a little bit, knowing uh, who he is and how he likes to to conduct things here. So, I don't I, I don't know what the the message really was or the overarching message was, but I think that's for uh, us players to decide for ourselves, anyways. Quickly before I let you go, Pete, have to ask you this: What do you think of the uniforms? Honestly, I got asked that yesterday. I don't 
I don't really, I don't really know. I, I, I think if I'm really gonna like break it down, I wear long sleeves and tights under my stuff. So like, I don't feel the jerseys anyways. But you could definitely tell they're they're see through from pictures and all that. But again, I, I'm not. I'm not well versed enough on on the difference in jerseys to to really give you an answer. I only you know I only wore the the old one so many times, but um, I'm sure there's more to it than I'm than I'm alluding to as well. But that's for me to keep figuring out when I wear them. Well, keep figuring things out, Pete. We enjoy talking with you, and I know Cub fans have really enjoyed listening to you this morning. All the best, and we'll talk to you again soon. Absolutely, thanks, guys. Pete Crow Armstrong, Cub center fielder, Bruce, bright young prospect. Bright young man there, entertaining, informative, great insight talking with him. I, I think he's going to be a force for the Chicago Cubs on a, a lot of different levels. Again, I, I had to ask him the hard question about Bellinger being in the room because it's, I think, the one thing that people want to know the most, you know, is how will the Cubs move on without Bellinger if he's not there? And, you know, again, I, th- I think he gave me a great answer because he said, he gave me the manager's answer. We don't worry about players that aren't here. Every right. manager that talks about a guy on the IL or could be obtained in a trade, they, they have no patience for that whatsoever because they're busy going about their job of being the best they can be with who's there. He talked a lot about the Craig Council approach to this spring training. When we come back, Bruce, we're going to keep it on the Cubs uh, until we get to Steve Stone at 10 o'clock. But I want to ask you about a couple key decisions that Craig Council has already made that may pay dividends in the long run. It's Inside the Clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours energy the tough labor you are a fighter Medela is your reward Medela, the mark of a fighter drink responsibly beer imported by crown import chicago illinois as we turn the corner into the new year a lot of people are looking to get healthier that includes hero bread who have just launched their new recipe using heart healthy olive oil Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. All with no compromise on the taste, texture, and bready goodness you expect from your favorites. Now they're listening to their fans and updating their recipe with olive oil, an antioxidant-rich oil that's been shown to reduce cholesterol and minimize the risk of heart disease. Try it today with code HERO10 for 10% off your purchase at HERO.CO. That's code H-E-R-O-10 for 10% off at HERO.CO. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Behind the count, he struggles. And he drives this one in the air. Left field, Ortega back, and he'll watch it go. A home run for Christopher Morrell. And just like that, it is 2-0. Right into bleacher Jeff's world. We're back with more Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine and David Haw on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. And always live on the free Odyssey app presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Thank you, Book Shambi and the Marquee Sports Network for that highlight. Christopher Morrell going deep, first inning, first at bat. Gotta like that, Bruce. And I think that. As we talk here inside the clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio 6-7, the score as we talk Cubs, the Morrell decision to play and focus on third base, interesting. Michael Bush being essentially, I don't want to say handed the job, but I might say handed the job at first base 
before he's even you know had a major league at bat with the Chicago Cubs. These are these are decisions early on, or maybe indications by Craig Council that he will be decisive, that he will be uh, he, he will do things in a way that may not be uh, everybody's method of doing things. And we heard from Pete Crow Armstrong about his witty brand of leadership that is direct but it also makes people like him feel relaxed. Do you sense a different tone in Cubs camp because of the Craig Council effect? I, I just think that, um, there, as, as Armstrong mentioned, there, there's, a different, there's a different voice and a different uh, quality to Cubs spring training this year that's not necessarily better than David Ross's, but certainly different. And the confidence that he has in young players, players that, you know, he spent some time this week <clears throat> explaining to me and a couple of the other media people how we're not changing the narrative of who we're going to be playing just because they have a hot spring or, or we're not going to, we're not going to uh, put them in the minor leagues because they don't have a good spring we're going to we're going to continue to believe in what the what the the organization thinks of them coming into spring training and i thought it was it was a well thought out and very clear thought process that he said about we're we're not changing things just because we see something different in spring training we're going by what we think the track record would be for a player the track record of what they think a, a guy's place should be like the Pete Crow Armstrong's in center, like the Bushes at first base. So there's that quiet confidence in the organization and about the players that they know and that they're bringing in that council talked about that I thought was, was rather interesting. I do too, Bruce, but I, I, I want to, I want to flesh this out though. So I, I want to ask you about what that means though, because if you are, clinging to that idea and i don't disagree necessarily i mean he, he's the major league manager and he's got the experience if you're clinging to this idea that results don't matter in spring training and you are the same manager that before you've played a game essentially have made michael bush a minor league all-star the pcl player of the year you're starting first baseman you're saying to him that if you struggle in spring training, it doesn't matter. You're still going to be our guy. You're saying to Christopher Morrell, if you struggle being the, uh, defensively in spring training, you're still our guy. Are you, are you discounting any kind of – or are you eliminating the, the possibility that you're going to react to what they might not be doing or how they're not progressing because you are staying true to what you yeah. promised them or pledge at the beginning of the process? It's, it's a great question. It's a great follow-up by you because you do have to use some of your baseball instincts. If Morrell goes over to third and he's throwing the ball away and bobbling every other ball, you will hesitate to start him at third base when the season begins. I, I don't think there's any doubt. I think what, what he the, – the difference is, is they don't have any – if Morrell's still going to be a big league player in their mind, okay? So it's not like he's going to the minor leagues if he fails at third base. Mm -hmm. I think the same thing is probably true about Bush and about Armstrong. They believe that their time is now to play in the major leagues. That's an uneasy feel, I think, for a lot of Cub fans. But it is true player development with an organization that feels they have good players. I think the uncomfortable part for us in the media or for the fans is that, hey, they have, always haven't had very good minor league players, and do we really trust the idea that they're, they're ready to play in the major leagues? And they're more patient than we are. And so they're going to look at this with you the long that. view in mind. Yeah, so they, they probably – Craig Council's not sitting around there worried about a, a maybe two bad series in April if you're Michael Bush off to a slow start, whereas we're going to be every day wondering, where's Matt Mervis? Why didn't they trade for a first baseman? Yeah. What do they do in the offseason? I mean, you, you can't just continue to go out to free agency and sign Cody Bellingers every year. That's mm -hmm. just not it. So player development is so huge – when it comes to Tom Ricketts and his family, so huge when it comes to Hoyer and to Hawkins about what's going on because 
they know the lifeblood is really the way they have to go. The beauty of the Chicago Cubs compared to the Chicago White Sox is they have the residual funds to be able to dip in and when they need a free agent to come across to, to build a championship team, they have the money to spend. We're finding out right now maybe Bellinger isn't at the point where they feel he's the tipping point for them winning a championship. And, and likewise, case, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and if that's the case, David, maybe the smart thing is not to sign Cody Bellinger to a long-term contract. That's an interesting conclusion. I don't necessarily agree with, but I do think the overarching point is what you said about player development at the front office level. You're seeing it at the managerial level because I think Craig Council in investing confidence in Michael Bush and Christopher Morrell at third and even Pete Crow Armstrong to a lesser degree, that shows you that he does have the long view in mind even though he's managing every one of these 162 games and going day by day. So he can do both and do it pretty well. All right, it's time to talk White Sox. It's time to bring in Steve Stone. Cannot wait for this conversation. He will join us next on Inside the Clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places.